What's up, everybody? You are now tuned into the So Dope Podcast, and I'm your host, Alex Chadwick. What's happening? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm going to save a lot of small talk today, but um, today I am um, bringing in, I guess, what I can call the second installment of what I started four or five, six months ago uh, with the Leadership Series. And um, I have a special guest today, very special guest today uh, in the, uh, the 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 Soul Dough Podcast Studios with me and uh, who, who, who has been a, uh, a leader in the community, um, who has worked with organizations. Um, I, I don't want to put a time frame on it. She may not want me to do that. <laughs> But uh, has been a leader in in, in organizations uh, from where I know on on a local and county level. Um, she is an amazing person. We have great conversations, and there's nobody better to bring into this uh, into this um, this atmosphere than none other than Michelle Talmadge from Gemini Transitions. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I am. Amazing. That is good. That is good. I am. I'm really happy you here. Um, you know, we've had some conversations. You know, about a lot of things. We have. Uh, I think within like, <clears throat> what was it? How? What was it like? Two hours? Three hours? We were at the coffee That's, shop. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we had a lot of conversation. I said the name of the coffee shop. Can I say that? Yeah, you can name the coffee shop. <laughs> they may. If they do, they give me a check. Uh, right. Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, we we was at Starbucks chopping it up, and um, it was amazing because I think within that short amount of time we had a lot of um we talked about a lot of issues we did you know? talked about i mean we ran the gamut um it was good but um one of the things that uh that we talked about was you know you come into the show and talk a little bit about uh leadership and um being i consider myself a leader um i've been in leadership management supervision before um no longer right now but i still consider myself a leader but times are changing Right. Uh, I know you have probably seen a lot in your career uh, when it comes to leadership and how things have changed. Um, but I kind of want to start up front uh, before we even begin talking about leadership, per se. How about you just tell the people who you are, which I've already introduced you. But tell me a little bit about um, Gemini Transitions. Yeah. So and I'll say I do have 30 years Almost 30 years I'm experience. Glad, I'm glad you said that. And I did not say that. Thank you very much. In, in, uh, in this field, either helping others, you know, transition into their leadership or my own personal leadership. So, um, yeah, 30, 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Right. So in that, in those 30 years, um, I've always had this dream of creating Gemini Transitions and um, this is a this is just an avenue where I can help other people grow into their own leadership and be a good leader mm-hmm. and not necessarily a leader that becomes a dictator, right? A stanky leader. Yes, you're on, you're on exactly. a solo dope podcast, a so you can stanky say, leader. say yes. how you want to say it. Yes, exactly. Like political. I'm trying to be all nice and sweet. Yeah, but yes. nah, I'm going to bring it to me. So we, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> To have to watch other people grow successfully mm-hmm. and in a positive direction fills my cup. Absolutely. So I was blessed to be able to retire after 27 years of service. Thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. And um, at a at a young age, and so now I'm helping other people 
from the mistakes that I've made or the mm. and the growth that I've made mm. in my leadership. So I like that, that. Yeah. I like that. Well, I do like that you said um, the mistakes that you've made, right? Yes. Um, I think that's important because, you know, when you're in the business that you're in and you're, you're, you may be, um, I don't know, consulting or facilitating leaders, right? I think it's important for you to show your, your flaws or some things that you've made a mistake in. Because sometimes when you do that business, people look at you like, oh, well, she thinks she know it all. She never made a mistake. She yep. thinks she's perfect. No, no, no. You know, that kind of thing. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, we. I, I am one who truly, truly believes that our past or our traumas or our poor choices or mistakes do not define who we are as people. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but... What our responsibility is, is to find the blessings and find the lessons in those traumas and those poor choices and those mistakes. Own them mm-hmm. because we're human and we all make them. Yeah. Regardless if we're Mother Teresa or the President of the United States, right? We which all, one? Any, <laughs> it, pick one. <laughs> just say which pick one? Pick one. Pick one. Gotcha. Not getting political, but I'm just, I you know, you. just saying, yeah, yeah. regardless of who you are, a CEO of an organization or whoever, mm-hmm. we all, we're all human and we all make those mistakes. Absolutely. That's good. Uh, that's good. Uh, accountability, I guess, you, you know, you could say you got to be accountable to yourself. Are you going to be a good leader? Absolutely. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that somewhere in the show. Right. So sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted you. You keep no, going no, about, no, no. about Gemini's transitions. Yeah. So Gemini transitions. So I, I do some coaching. And um, and I do some trainings on overcoming biases and identifying our biases. I do some goal setting workshops um, and some public speaking. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, and we'll get into like how people can contact you or if they need you or whatever here at the end of the show. But without further ado, we're going to go into some conversation about leadership. And and, and I got to warn you, I don't know what the title of the show is going to be <laughs> until I get ready to publish it. But I'm sure it's going to be something along the lines of leadership. Um, and like I said, the last episode that I did, I always want to introduce like a leadership kind of series into my show because I talk about everything. And I, the last, I guess I can open up the, open up the conversation with this. The last show that I did, the first installment of this, I talked about courage, right? It was supposed to be like the qualities of a leader. And that was the first one that I picked. I I think that a a leader should have courage, Mm -hmm. um, you got anything to add about courage and leaders? You know, it that ties back with what I was just saying, right? It takes courage to own your shit. Yeah. Right? The poor choices that you make. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage to do that. Yeah. It takes courage to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think a good leader is vulnerable mm-hmm. and allows their the people who follow them to be to see that that they're human mm-hmm. that they're just like them they're not going to forget the people that do the work right right and to be able to give credit where credit is due and it takes a lot of courage to do that yeah yeah it does and then courage you know like kind of looking well you you mentioned vulnerability um this is just my perspective like leaders should be vulnerable of course but i think sometimes it has to be circumstantial too um there may be times when like this is not the time to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? As a leader, um, the people that are fighting, and I'm just saying this from, you know, of course, a military background, like, nope, you need to kind of 
put the rubber to the road at this very moment <clears throat> because the people that follow you, that's what they want to see. That's what they actually, it's not even what they want to see, it's what they need to see uh, in order to get them to whatever the next plane in life or the next step in whatever it is you're doing. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Not only do you need to learn how to switch those hats and be in the moment and be who you need to be in that moment in time, but you also, like you were saying, need to show the people who are following you, your followers, your employees, that you can do that and it teaches them to do the same. Because mm-hmm. you, you want them to do that. You want them to be able to make decisions in the moment, not freeze up, not get entangled in our fight, flight, or freeze mm-hmm. stuff. Decisiveness. Right. Or indecisiveness, right. whichever comes, right? We, we want to be able to, I think, a, I think a true strong leader tries to encourage and coach and mentor someone to take their place. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's funny you say that because um, I've always been a firm believer of that and so and and we this kind of gonna say I hope this segues into one of the questions that I have. But if you walk into a place and all the leaders are just eating the pie for themselves, right? And you are not developing new leaders. Like some people think that they're gonna be in places forever. Yep. Right. They think that they're gonna be there forever. Some people like to what I like to call hoard information, hoard mm-hmm. skills. You know what I mean? Yep. And 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 it it is detrimental to the culture of that. Uh, particular organization so i i totally agree if you're not training somebody or developing somebody to take your place then what what the hell are you there for right at the end of the day yeah yep because you're not going to be there forever N- you know I, I don't know where we get that false sense where people think they're going to be there forever i don't know I'm, I'm i'm curious about that because that i don't know that maybe that's just a personality thing with some people possibly and that could be but i we need to be lifelong learners. And when you are a lifelong learner, especially as a leader, you're either going to move up or move out mm. and up. Mm-hmm. Right? So, right. but, and then anything else can happen. Right. Are you guaranteed that job forever? Nope. No, not, you're not. Oh, like you, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You, I, you, you got to go back and listen to my last episode where I talked. That's a whole different story. If I go down that, we're going to be <laughs> okay, here for we like, we're going to okay. be like two. But you mentioned it and I just thought I'd mention the last episode. So if you listen in across the world, please go back and listen to the last episode. I think I call it um, professional. This, this, is a, this has a racial connotation to it, but it's called uh, professional and privileged Negroes. Da, da, la, whatever it was. It's the last episode I did. So you can go back and listen to that. Um, so let's talk about culture. Okay. Right. Um, like I said, times are changing. Um, I think in the 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 face of technology, right? Um, the culture has changed, the workforce has changed. Um, I mean, it's sad to say, but we're all getting older. What? We are all getting you are older. I'm okay. Not. All right. <laughs> Oh, okay. We're all um, becoming more wise. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. We all see. I'm getting beat up on my own show already, <laughs> but we're all becoming wise, and um, things are changing with different generations. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about culture in an organization. What are some of the signs uh, that a culture of a company or an organization is bad or toxic? 
Yeah, I don't know if I would say bad, but I do love that you use the word toxic. Um, some of the things that that are red flags for toxicity is the lack of transparency, right? When the leadership does not tell the people what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't have to be specific, but not saying anything and keeping things from them, right? D- it, it, it allows people to question right. whether they are valued, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, another one is high turnover rate. High turnover rate. High turnover rate. Or if you have an agency who tends to hold on to people, they may move around a lot. They right. may not stay in one place. You mean within the organization? Within the organization. Why do you think that is? Um, in bigger organizations, as you know, mm-hmm. right? In bigger organizations where there's a lot of different places to move, there's a lot of different places to move, there's a lot of different leaders. And the when all of your leaders are not on the same page and they treat or run their units completely different, right. I believe that every leader has their own style and they should put their own personal spin on how they lead their people. Mm-hmm. But the vision and the mission all needs to be the same. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. it's not all the same, you're going to crash and burn. Right. You're going to have problems so one of the things which you saying that uh let's say you know you got all these different leaders different styles that's a given right yeah i think i think i think the biggest thing for me is that i think that the mission is always you know the mission for me is always the same the thing that makes it different and difficult is the standards right what standards are applied to who and when and what you know, is everybody meeting the standard, right? Or in or, or holding each other accountable to a standard. So I feel like the thing that kind of makes it implode really is the standards are kind of, it's like throwing spaghetti on a wall and hoping one sticks, right? Right, right. So these leaders but with these different, st- yeah, yeah, these leaders with these different styles, almost like they create their own standards, right? That's because the leadership then above them isn't holding them to the same right. standard either. Right. Very right? difficult. It's, yeah. it's all about you need to be able to create uh, an environment where your leadership could also be held accountable. Right. By their own employees. Well. Right. I think it's really, really important to have a social covenants mm-hmm. in a team in an organization. And that is when you bring your team together and you come up with how do we treat people mm-hmm. I mean just the basics right mm-hmm. like how do we treat people in our team mm-hmm. and then you have to take it a step further and talk about if we don't treat people like we all just agreed upon mm-hmm. what's the consequence right how do we hold each other accountable to that and that includes the leader the supervisor the yeah. manager the director the deputy director whatever it includes everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, again, lack of uh, standard or accountability, it's, to me, is like the number one breakdown of any organization, period. Right? Yeah. I think it's the number one thing. Um, I do think it's difficult when you look at, I don't know how it, I mean, 
I've worked with the federal government and I see how they kind of do things, right? But I think having that system of how does the employees hold their leadership accountable, right? That's part of the culture, right? right? That's part of creating the leadership has to develop Mm -hmm. a culture where people feel comfortable having those difficult conversations with leadership. Right. And that toxicity, I would like to call it, um, you know, I'm gonna just keep it real. There's a lot of people and, and, and I've seen this throughout the military. And, and of course we had a different, I don't know what you want to call it, a different structure when it came to rank and hierarchy. Right. So that mm-hmm. was yep. very, very, very strict. And what I found is that, um, when, you know, when I got out of the military and became a civilian, I noticed that the same, hierarchy was there it just wasn't like it's not like it was on paper like it was like okay you're you're the sergeant you're this you're that but there was definitely this hierarchy um that everybody kind of understood naturally right Right. and it was like well if you you know i can't go and talk to michelle because she is the uh you know uh, the supreme being she's the wizard of Oz, so i can't tell her something that she did wrong because i need my job right right i'm afraid of what's gonna happen that I go into that a lot in my other show. Um, but it's a culture. And I think that people that speak up, they're also facing things like one, they don't want to lose their job, which I think in today's world, it's gotta be really hard to lose your job. And you gotta be doing something else in conjunction, in my opinion, to make it that easy for people. But that's either here or there. But I think that, um, accountability has to be first in my opinion. But people are struggling in the workplace and leaders are the gel or the glue of what goes on in it. Yep. You're, you that's know? absolutely true. So um, so telltale signs, you got lack of transparency. Um, let me see. I think I want to kind of flesh that out a little bit. When you say transparency, right, kind of tell me what, what do you mean from a leadership perspective what transparency is? It's It's about the communication, It's about communication. For example, if someone is being held accountable for something, you had issues going on. When you have one person in the team who's not pulling their weight, everybody knows they're not pulling their weight. Right. And everybody knows when that person is held accountable or not Mm -hmm. by them continuing to be able to do the behavior. Right. Right. Now, I can't say as a leader, I should not say what exactly I'm doing to hold that person accountable. That's not their business. You mean like to anyone else? Right. Okay, yeah. Like I'm holding this one person accountable. Like mm-hmm. I'm holding you accountable. I'm not going to tell the rest of our team. Right, right. You know, he's going to be suspended for yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I can say I'm dealing with the problem. Right. I'm aware of the problem. Thank you mm-hmm. for coming to me with your concerns. Mm-hmm. These will be addressed. Now, this is, I don't mean to cut you off, but this is interesting because the normal, what we found, what we find, what plays out is, let's say you are indeed uh, holding a person accountable, you're dealing mm-hmm. with a problem. For me, let's say I'm an employee, I look at that and I'm like, oh, Michelle, I don't think you're doing anything about it. And here's this, here's why people say that. Because those people that you may be dealing with or the leader may be dealing with that has the problem, they almost still come to work and be the same exact individuals, right? So you don't see this, any change pattern in that person. So it's like, what the hell y'all doing? 
know what I mean? Like, what what kind of problem are you trying to solve? Because this person is still coming over here being an asshole to me. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, I mean, how do you how do you overcome that? What do you what do you do? Well, I guess it depends if if the issue is more like they are being just like the issue is disrespect. Mm -hmm. Like this person is disrespecting me and they're continuing to be disrespectful. If they don't do it in front of me and I can't see it and I can't hear it, I'm not going to know it unless that person comes back to me and says, I don't think you're doing anything about it right? because this person is still being disrespectful to me. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Then I can say the first thing out of my mouth should be, Thank you mm-hmm. for coming to me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you bringing this information to me. And then I can say, I will continue to address this. And then I can go and I'm not going to say, I'm going to go talk to him and mm-hmm. I'm going to hold him accountable because mm-hmm. I, that's only one side of the story. Right. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. So I need to find out the other side of the story. So just having that conversation and then following up, I just needed to. I just wanted to come back and let you know that this is being addressed. That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. It's I can say whatever. Thank you. I'll address it. But if I don't follow up, then the, they're not going to know if I did anything. Exactly. And that's a That follow up is key. Is key. Yeah. If yeah. you just leave people in the wind like la 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 they're going to be like what the hell are y'all doing yeah, you know just so she always just talk talk right, talk just, right, just right. moves her lips yeah but most most important you said something that really um that I kind of want to caveat on is mm-hmm. you said there's two sides of the story mm-hmm. right and i think throughout my experience as a leader it's always been two sides of the story or sometimes three right and looking at people you know you know how it is staff and your, your subordinates will come to you one in one ear one in the other ear then you hearing all the stuff in between the stories are getting all mixed up right and um it kind of goes into what you said like i may come to you and be like michelle uh this person is being you know they're being disrespectful whatever right and then what now this is a personality thing for people this is why i believe then some of those people expect you to be like like you said go over there and take care of that person right but then when you go over there you find out well, this person here is being a total uh, passive aggressive a-hole, right? And they they may be inflaming some of this stuff and provoking some of this stuff. So you just never know. But I think that's a good assessment. That's something I always use. I never just, you know, said, okay, I'm going to take care of that. It's like, mm-hmm. hold on a second. Let me hear what y'all got to say first. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And the usually, I guess the, the funny part about this is, if you got an issue like that, that's a good example. If there's two people that they usually never talk to each other, right? right. They never have the conversation with each other. No. So I learned quick. If two people had beef in my unit or on my flight or whatever, um, I would bring them in together eventually because I get tired of the back and forth. You know, like they making my head hurt. Yes. I bring them in the room and I do kind of like a mediation. Say what you got. So what's up now? That's how I just approach it like that because now you can say what you need to say to that person and in front of me. And it's safe. You know what I mean? But a lot of people, they won't do that. They will avoid that. Well, and unfortunately, we have leaders who can't have those difficult conversations. Uh, let's talk about that. Right? Let's talk you about that. You have to be able to have difficult conversations. <sighs> you have to. Be, you have to. And, they, and, and they don't. They don't know. And, and I'll tell you, Alex, that goes back to... Hiring, mm. right? And and it, I think the onus lies on the organization because they're not training and equipping 
their managers. Mm. A lot of times when when supervisors or managers, when the leaders are hired into a leadership position, it's because a lot of times they've showed that they were a good employee mm-hmm. and they did their job really, really well. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a great leader. Right. So they get promoted because they did their current job really, really well mm-hmm. into a leadership position. And then people just, the the organization then tends to expect that that person's going to go in and they're, the focus is mainly on what is it that they're going to, excuse me, the outcomes, right, of the team. Mm-hmm. Just go and do it. But they forget. Hold on, I got to take a drink of water. No, you're good. We live here in the studio. You could drink water. You could do whatever you got to do. Oh, my gosh. You want to, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to put this that? This is like a passion. This is like a passionate point for me. Yeah. And I'm OCD, so if you could put your top on, because I don't want your folder and stuff to get wet. Right, because you know I'm Italian, and I'm, my arms are going to fly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I talk with my hands. Okay. Well, but go, anyway. Yeah, go ahead. So they they forget that you need to train and equip your leaders on how to be a good leader. Mm-hmm on how to be a leader, not just go in and I'm just going to train you on how to gr- tally stats. Right. Right? Does nothing. No, it does nothing. I'm going to give you all these meetings to go to. Oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like meetings. Right. And the higher you go in an organization, it seems the like more that's meetings. the more meetings yeah. you have to do, but they do, they, they don't, they don't get mentors for people. They don't get. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't train and equip them on how to be a good leader, and that piece is having those difficult conversations. It's a big how piece. How to do performance appraisals? Yeah, that's a big piece. I love doing performance appraisals, but my mindset for promo- per performance appraisals is again, how am I going to work with this person to be the best employee that they can be? Mm-hmm. And that's what the appraisal's for. So I think, and I think what I, I mean, see, I got to take, I got to take a note. No, you. I'm going all over the place. No, it's okay. (laughs) I told you, we go, we go, this is all good stuff. So let's talk about, I want to kind of flesh that out too. So in the military, you know, like based on my, uh, my department of the Department of Defense, which was the Air Force, you know, we had some set standards on what the civilian world were called performance appraisals. And I didn't realize this until I got out of the military, how different things were from organization to organization, how different performance appraisals uh, were conducted. Right. Um, and then I started questioning myself, like, well, what's the what's the what's the what's the purpose of a performance appraisal? You know, in my head, that's what I'm thinking, um, because everybody does it different and they still call it performance appraisal. So in your in your um professional opinion or expertise what what makes uh how can i ask this question what makes a good performance appraisal process or uh platform like if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah so so are you asking me like how to how how to do one like no not how to do not how to do one but i guess the same thing with like a leader like what are the what are some good elements that should be in a performance appraisal, like to make it work the right way. Okay, so you do you do need to have the 
you know, the, the job expectations. Are you meeting whatever mm -hmm. the organization has for percentages of whatever, making widgets, mm -hmm. right? Are they meeting the quota? You do need to have, but that, to me, that's a small piece. Yeah. The other piece is, I think that a leader needs to do it with the employee. What, I do, think, you, what I think do you mean? A lot of times in my experience, performance appraisals are completed before oh, ever okay. meeting with the employee okay. one-on-one. Okay. On one. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of okay. sense. Okay, and so, and yeah. that, I don't believe that that should be. Well, it doesn't make sense. It's a red flag, but. It is a yeah. huge red flag. What I, I believe that it's it's a document, It's and it should be ongoing. It shouldn't be just a snapshot in time. Mm -hmm. It should be an ongoing thing that, that you can carry with you, mm -hmm. right? Either throughout the year or even build build from year to year mm -hmm. so that you can go back and celebrate all those successes and learn from where you're stumbling. Mm -hmm. Not a, a lot of leaders in my experience have also used it as a tool to get you. Mm. I'm going to get you. Mm. I was going to go into that. Right. I was oh, I'm go here. Into that. So the, you know, I, I find that that goes back to standards, right? Like, if there's a lot of subjectivity with um, a performance appraisal, I think that allows leaders to do that, right? Yeah. So, you know, if I come to work every day and I'm like, yo, Michelle, look, I'm doing my job. I am. Ex I feel like I'm excelling at my job. You're not telling me I'm doing a bad job. Then I get a performance report where you're like, well, you're just a stanky person. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, what? doesn't even make sense to me, right? So it's like, of course, there's, it's just too wiggly wobbly for me. Um, I have seen some good stuff, excuse me, some good performance reports or performance appraisal kind of processes, but sometimes it just get too loosey goosey. And then here's the other thing. Either they're going to be in the extreme of I'm going to get you or it's too laissez faire type of thing where it's like, you know, the person is not um, performing. And you still write on the performance support right. that you are not as stinky as you look. That goes back to having the courage to have exactly. difficult conversations. That's what I was going to say. It really does. You know, they anything that's on a performance appraisal should never be a surprise to the person who's receiving that's it. That's absolutely 100% true. It should never be a surprise. If you're having... Ongoing check-ins. You are passionate because you keep hitting on that table. I and know, I, sorry. And I keep hearing boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm Italian. Like, yeah, it's it's right? all good. Okay. You could do this. Just don't. Yeah, okay. All right, it's cool. I'm sorry. Um, I just had to no. tell you. No, um, it's good. So, yes. So, it, should, <laughs> it, it really should never, ever be a surprise to anybody. And that's why it needs to be ongoing. Mm -hmm. The conversations need to be ongoing. And you shouldn't have just a performance appraisal one time a year. Right. That performance appraisal, I think, should happen over time. You have the performance appraisal, and then you're going to have a check-in. Right. Especially if you have someone who has an area of growth that right. they need to work on. Right. Right? So you're going to have a follow-up. You're going to give them four months, three, four months to make those changes mm -hmm. and then you're going to check in. How's it going? Let's check in on this. What, what you agreed to work on. So 
in into what you're just saying, I love this conversation because it's just going. It's not. It, it's we got things we want to talk about, but I love it because it keeps opening up new doors. Um, so with a with a with a with a with a employee or a staff or whoever that you're having these check-ins with, they have a place for improvement or whatever. How do you motivate a person as a leader that has uh, some of these little problems that we talking about? Well, I think what, you know, like I was saying before, it should be done with the person. This, this is a, their living document and it is not for me as the leader, mm-hmm. a performance appraisal. The performance appraisal is for you as the employee. It's not for me at all. So I should have no ties to it. Like I should have no concerns or worries or right. hangups, right? right. If this is yours. So having that conversation, when a leader comes into a team, Having setting that foundation up front, I always, whenever I took over a team, I always let them know in that first meeting of introducing who I am, I would talk about the performance appraisals Uh and I would let them know I am one of those leaders that does not dread them. I love them, Uh that they will happen and they will happen on time and there will be a needs improvement. Smackdown. There will be a needs improvement. <laughs> and that is not a bad thing because uh-uh. we all have areas that we struggle. Absol- we can't absolutely. be 100% across the entire board. Absolutely. We can't. Because absolutely. multitasking, uh-huh. as people say, oh, I'm multitasking. We all know it doesn't exist. Mm. It, is, it doesn't exist. Wait a minute. Exist. Talk no. to me about okay. that. What do you, you tell me a little bit about you, that? You can do, if you find yourself doing, multiple things at one time Mm -hmm. your brain is not designed to do more than one thing at a time so you're either doing a lot of things really shitty or you do one thing at a time and give 100 percent. then you can move to the next thing and do 100 percent Oh, okay. Move to I the next thing saying. and do more. But when sense. somebody says, oh, I'm multitasking, I'm doing all these things. Yeah. When an employee comes to me and says, I'm a great multitasker, mm. what they're telling me is mm. that they're really good at not doing 100% mm. and a lot of things. Man, that is so, that's good. That's <laughs> I needed that. That's a reflection for me because I hate doing multiple things and I can clearly see that I cannot do multiple things you good. Can't. You can't. Person, the brain, yeah. Your brain is not designed to allow you to do that. It can't function that way. That's good. That's good. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to remember that when somebody say they're a multitasker. Yeah, no, they're not. I'm like, you ain't no damn multitasker. No. It's a, it's a coined phrase. Yeah. That is, it's empty. There's, there's really, it doesn't, it's meaningless. Mm, I like that. I like that explanation of that. Okay. So we were talking about, we were talking about uh, motivation. So, okay. So. Allowing people to, you know, telling them about there will be a needs improvement. You will have at least one needs improvement area on your performance Mm -hmm. appraisal. Letting them know up front, that's not a bad thing. So we need to get over that. Mm -hmm. Doing it with the person, I always would say, here's one thing I would like you to focus on. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me two things that you're going to focus on. Mm -hmm. What are two things that you want to improve? And it could be, Work-related, personality-related, 
personal related, you want to get a degree in something that has nothing to do with your job, let me help you do that. Let Mm -hmm. me help you be successful in that. That's my job as a leader. So when you do that, especially in the performance appraisals, you're going to motive your your employees are going to feel valued. That's going to motivate them to want to do better. So how do you think how do you think that fits into cuz as you're talking I'm I'm tech, thinking all this stuff in my head, right? <clears throat> how how do you deal with trying to do that in a an organization or a company where there's no trust? Well, you can't. That's that's the short answer. Okay. You can't if there's no trust. You have to, as a leader or the leaders of the organization, need to put the brakes on. They need to sit the hell down and slow the roll, right? And look at why there is no trust. Mm-hmm. And they have to look within mm-hmm. their leadership. I agree. Because that's where it comes from. I agree. I agree. What's, what's happening in our leadership team mm-hmm. that there's no trust? Mm-hmm. It's not the employees. Mm-hmm. The employees give what we give them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They What we give them, they're either going to do or not do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, You know... <laughs> It's such a an eloquent balance when it comes to that because um, trust. I guess we could talk about that. Trust is a that's based on historical events and um, culture in an organization where you know when people's like you know you may mean I, I've dealt with this plenty of times. It took a lot of work to kind of get past that, but you go into an organization or you get a new team or whatever. And you get new employees and staff, and then you 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 go out. And you you say you set boundaries. Um, you know you set goals with your team, and your team looks at you like you one of them, right? You know what I mean? You 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 ain't us. You them. You know what I mean? Like right. how you know? And you think I'm like man? How much? So for me, if I can just share how I kind of overcame that, or maybe no, nope, you do it. You the leader person. <laughs> I'm just the host of the show. I I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll let so, you talk about that. Look, when you when people go to apply for a job for a company or an organization, especially if you're a big company or a big organization, people tend to research before the interview. They better. Right? They they see what what are you standing on? What does this company stand on? Mm-hmm. What are what are their visions and what is their you know, their it their mission what's their mission right if i can't relate to what their mission and their vision is Mm -hmm. i can't i they're not going to get themselves to apply i couldn't apply right so now i'm applying now i get the job when i see that the leaders don't walk that talk Mm. i can't trust them anymore yep that that happens yeah a lot it happens it a happens lot. It happens a lot. Yeah, it happens a lot. Because it's not yeah. always it's not always talked about. Mm-hmm. It's not addressed on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. It's not a part of the performance appraisal. It's right. not a part of 
you know, how the team runs. That's part of that social covenants that Mm -hmm. I talked about, right? Mm -hmm. It's so important for an organization or even a small team to have that social covenants that's based on the missions and values. Mm -hmm. Because you, you got to go back to the why, right? Like you said, you like, if I apply for a job and I seen that mission statement and did some research and you said like, do I fit into this? Do I really want, this, you know what I mean? Yes. And then when you get there, you got to figure out, okay, why did I start doing this again? Right. Exactly. Why am I even here still? Right. Why <laughs> am I still here? Why am I still right? here? That's that high turnover rate. Right. 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 When you have high turnover, it's not necessarily because the job you do burns you out. Yeah. It's a, it's a small part. The burnout, that's a small part. Mm-hmm. If burnout is huge, you have to look at your leaders. Yeah. What are they doing? What are they doing? You know, my son works for this organization in in Portland. Don't say their name. I'm not. I'm not going to say it. But it is an amazing organization. It is amazing how they put their employees first. Mm-hmm. Anything that the employee says that they need to do their job, they find a way to get it for them. Hmm. They, Maybe you should stay there. They, ha- <laughs> <laughs> they have, they have things like their birthdays are considered holidays. Oh wow! They give it to them as a holiday, so it's a floating holiday, wow. and you can take it whenever you want in the month of your birthday. Or yeah, why not? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what's up. It, that that right there. It, yeah. That keeps people when they feel. Appreciated. Appreciated. Yeah, for sure. And valued. For sure. Oh, man, this is so much the stuff. There's so much stuff to talk about. And, uh, you know, you got the performance appraisals. We talked a little bit, a little bit about everything. I do like the, we got, we should have just broke this down into like segments to like other shows because the performance appraisal, appraisal is a big, big thing. It's huge. And, um, okay. So we talk about leadership. Um, when I was in the military, we had this thing that we were actually um, trained on. We were actually, um, what you can say, we went to some top-notch academies, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, really good. And one of the things in our leadership academies that they talked about, we had this thing called followership, right? And that is a big deal. Like, Tell me about that. Right? Right. I so the essence of, and to long story short, when I got out of the military, it would baffle me that it wasn't an element in anything, right? It wasn't an element in organizations. The reason why I said it's important is because, so followership in a nutshell, it's pretty cliche, but it's like, you can't learn to be a good leader if you've never been a good follower. Absolutely. So it's, you know, and in the military, you know, you got the hierarchy is like, you got orders. If you, you know, if you're the fourth man down, you know what I'm saying? And your sergeant is saying, do A, B, and you're just thinking, you're just going to blast out of the way and, and, and be disrespectful to the sergeant. You're not following. You're not presenting yourself in a, in a team environment that's going to be beneficial, right? So what, I, what I've seen is a lot of people don't know how to be good followers, right? They just can't do it. It may be the structure of um, that organization, but they can't be good followers. And then they never question themselves like, am I being a good follower? How do I support my leader or my supervisor or my manager? Right. Because at the end of the day, like me, 
and I don't I don't want y'all to think that I'm toot my horn here, but I'm just telling you from my experience in the military, if I got a if 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 I'm a fire if I'm a fire team member and my sergeant is the fire team leader, right? I gotta think about well, how am I gonna support him? Because my piece is big, this next person piece is big. He's gotta be supported, right? Because if you don't, I mean sometimes it can mean life or death. Right. right? Yep. So followership is a concept i guess you can say that we roll into our military in, in the air force so if y'all listening from other branches of service y'all <laughs> y'all got some other stuff going on but on a professional level in the air force like we preached followership like you cannot be a good leader unless you know how to be a good follower meaning one you got to know how to do your, you know at least learn how to do your job right right and and what people make a mistake of is thinking that oh man we about to go somewhere with this okay yeah there's, let's go let's go there's People think that just because you are a leader or a supervisor or manager, some people think that you have to know all the minute details of that job. Right. And that's not their that's job. That's not their job. It is not their job. And I never figured that out because um, I don't understand people's attitude around it. Right. Like and it pisses me off because some people they be like, well, we want you know, we want we want a supervisor that's going to take care of personal issues and hold people accountable. Right. Well, that's what a lot of that stuff's going to be the job going to be doing anyway. Right? right. So then when you say, well, but they don't even know my job. Then I'm like, you can't have it both ways. What do you want? You want some inspiration? You want some motivation? You want accountability, but I'm not going to sit up here. You want a micromanager? That's what you want. Right. Then if you want that, then that's fine. But I think it, we make, there's a, I don't know what to call it, but I think people make a mistake when they think, Oh, because this person is in a leadership position that they have to know every detail about my job. Right. Or you have to be within that same right. classification right. to manage me. You can't manage me unless you know what I'm doing. Right. Am I kind of like on point? What do you got? What's your what's your no, commentary? I, on I agree with you 100 percent. 100 percent. But you also have those leaders who are afraid to say, I don't have the answer to that. Mm, it's a good one. That's a good I one. I think you you should be able to say I don't know. I don't know. Why do you help th- me help me understand? Tell me more about what you do. Yeah. So that we can come up with an answer. Yeah. What do you right? what do you think why do you think there are some leaders who don't give the answer of, you know what, I just don't know? Well, I think imposter syndrome sneaks in. You said imposter? Absolutely. Okay. Right? Like, I, people, and and there was a time where that was me, Mm -hmm. right? How, I I was afraid that people were not going to see me as a leader if I didn't know all the answers. Mm -hmm. Right? I was afraid that I wasn't good enough to be in this position. Mm -hmm. I was afraid that people were going to see that I wasn't a true leader. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was early on in my in my leadership career, when I was a baby leader. Mm-hmm. A, ba- a baby leader. <laughs> a baby leader, right? So I grew out of that. Mm-hmm. I grew out of it. What was the change? What made what made you change? You know, what changed it, it? It was really stressful and really difficult to lead by trying to be a know it all. Mm-hmm. I then. I did become a micromanager because mm-hmm. I had to be on top of it all the time. Right. I became a micromanager. I became a dictator. I told people what they had to do. I didn't listen to people. Mm-hmm. And, and it bites you in the ass. Mm-hmm. 
you're not a good leader when you do those things. You are an excellent leader when you can say, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. By remaining human. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. You know, I always say this saying, um, you know, being a, I think that we're talking, we got to kind of break this down because we've been talking for a while and I don't want to, I don't want to use I hate language, but I have to kind of break this down because we've been talking, we've been using the word leader mm-hmm. a lot, right? However, for my listeners that's listening to this, we need to do at this very minute, we need to distinguish between a leader and or a manager, right? I think that's because I think us, there's some things that we talk, that we've been talking about that I don't want people to think like this is all encompassing of a leader, you can right. be a leader and not in a leadership position. Right. 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 You could be a leader in your community, mm-hmm. in your church, in your neighborhood, in your children's school, mm-hmm. in your own school. Mm-hmm. You can you can be a leader in your own home. Right. Should be. You Doesn't, better be. Right. Right. You better be. <laughs> it does not necessarily mean that you are in a leadership position. Right. And but all this applies when you become a leader in, let's say, your church organization Mm -hmm. and you step up and you lead. You don't even necessarily have to be a minister or a preacher, Mm -hmm. but you lead a life group or Mm -hmm. you are an usher. That is you're being a leader in your in your church. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a greeter or. Mm But imposter syndrome is still the same. Can I do this? Mm, everybody has doubts yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, I think um, it's. Uh, I think you know, you're right about it not being in a leadership position. That's very obvious, right? Um, but I think sometimes when people are, how do I say it? So being in a leadership position is something you do. It's not who you are. Yes. That's that's how I kind of look at it, right? Because yes. for myself, I mean, in my current employment, I'm not in the per se leadership position, but I always consider myself a leader, which right. is going to go into the wrap up when we go into that segment. But I always consider myself a leader and I don't, um, how can I say it? I don't, I, it's like a, it's like my, my characteristics who I am Mm -hmm. that's how I see like I have leadership qualities and characteristics right and some people may think of that the wrong way right they may like when you come up you come off a certain way he's so bossy not even bossy (laughs) but I don't I don't think I don't think bossy comes up take over all the time or not bossy but more like people start and I did a whole show on this people start they mistake like your confidence or your confidence with like cockiness. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And people will do that. You know, we're human or whatever, but people will mistake your kind. Like I'm, I'm going to say it. I said it on the show a million times. I'm a very confident person. Nobody can tell me that I can't be confident about myself. That's how I walk around the world, you know? So what, what am I going to do if I'm, whether I'm in a leader position or not, why would I wake up every morning and not be confident about myself? I understand what I need to do. I understand what I'm capable of, but when you're in a, you know, when you're in an environment that 
the culture is just kind of screwed up sometimes, people take your confidence for cockiness. Absolutely. Especially if you're a woman okay. in leadership. It was hard. By other women? By other, by everybody. Oh, by everybody. So let me tell you, this is where the biases stuff comes in, right? When we talk Good, about... Good, because it's a perfect okay. segue. Let's go. Yes. So being a female... Not only female, but short. Somebody told me not to say female. Okay, well, you could say female with me. What are you going to say? They told me say woman, yeah. They Mm -hmm. told me, sorry for the noise, y'all, but I was getting some water. They told me not to say female. They said, say woman. Well, let me tell you, I am confident enough in myself that you can call me female. Okay. Okay. Uh, But I will use woman. If you're a female or woman. Madam female. Right. (laughs) So being a woman... Being short has a lot to do with this too. Now, this bear, is getting interesting. Bear with, bear with this me. This is getting interesting. Five two, right? That's not short. That's like average. Five five or more. Five six, five eight. That's average for a woman. Yes, honey. Okay, look. we not. Even, I'm gonna just let that go over right. my head. Okay, there look. Be all day. Go ahead. And being overweight. Okay. I had to be very, very strategic and learn how to get people to hear me at the table. Mm. When I go into a room, especially if there's men at the table in leadership positions, Mm -hmm. in order for them to, I had to be very strategic. Mm -hmm. I don't, I was very mindful of, I didn't like to play the, the meeting happens before the meeting. Oh yeah. Right. Decisions are made before the meeting. Right. Decisions, I found, especially if I was the only woman at the table, decisions were already made before mm. the meeting. And mm-hmm. I wasn't invited because I don't play golf. Ooh. Right? I don't I don't go out drinking. You're not in the good old boys system. I'm not in the good old boys network. Call it how I see it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. You absolutely. Know? And when you're not in the good old boys network... I, that's when I'm like, I start questioning, was I a token? Mm-hmm. Did they need breasts mm-hmm. and a vagina at this table? Mm. Right? I, I don't they I need your, know. They need your voice, not your vagina. Okay, Michelle. I'm just saying, yes, they did need that. They needed my voice. They did need my voice, but I needed 100%. to get them to hear it. Right? Yep. So I didn't even realize how hard... I had to work to be heard until I lost like 60 pounds, mm-hmm. right? I started this health journey. I wanted to be healthier. Mm-hmm. So I lost 60 pounds and it, and it changed at the table. Hmm. And I had to make that connection. So it's very strategic. Those biases, not only my own, but the biases of the people at the table Short women who are who are overweight are not smart. They don't know the job. They can't do the job. Hmm. They're not intelligent. Dang, it's the first time I'm hearing this. This is like exclusive on the right? show. Like uh, so, and if you think about it, if you can put things aside without saying I don't do that. I, that's mm. not that's not what. It, yeah, you do. Right, like people do. We all got biases. We all have them. Every day, yeah. we judge people. 
every day we make decisions based on our biases. Yeah. Whether we know it or not, that's the difference between an unconscious bias, right? Mm-hmm. An implicit bias. An implicit bias. It's, 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 that's the only difference. Man, that's inter- that is interesting. Like you say that, um, I never heard that. I don't have that bias. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. That's <laughs> Do why. You? Do nah, you know? listen. Not 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 that particular one. Right. And I don't know. My mind just blown. Like listening to you say that because I'm thinking like, have I ever thought that before? I've never thought that before. And I'm trying to find somebody that I know that has all those characteristics, right? And I'm like. Yeah. Okay. May, uh, maybe. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. That's not one that I had. But that's interesting you say that. Uh, I'm just thinking, challenging it in my head. Like, wow, where, where did that come from? It's there. You know? It is there. So it's you there. felt like you had to, you had to make yourself known at the table and uh, be very vocal about stuff. Yeah, um, I had to learn when to tantrum. Mm-hmm to be heard when to not speak Mm -hmm. to be heard because you don't always have to say something right for sure for sure you have to learn those moments in time when not to say anything yeah yeah to get your point across yeah yeah you don't have to it's like when some people speak to somebody who is is hard of hearing or who's blind let's mm-hmm. say when they're speaking to a blind person and they start yelling right right they can hear you normal right, <laughs> right. speak normal but right. there are times when you don't say anything mm-hmm. and that speaks volumes i think i have a tendency to do that because i i i'm usually the one i talk mm-hmm. and i speak up but when i'm quiet i don't know what it is people that know me they always reach out like oh my god why are you so quiet you know like what happened like oh, what like you know what's up. You know right. what I mean? Like, right, right, yeah. What you want me to say about that? Right. You know what? You was there too. Right. You know why I'm quiet. You why know what I mean? Why didn't you say something? Right. Why didn't you right? say something? Exactly. So that's interesting. But I do believe that as a leader, it is so important to figure out what your biases are. Okay. Because if you don't, then how can you help somebody else be successful? Mm-hmm. How can you help somebody grow in their leadership? Mm-hmm. I got a bias. What's your bias? Here's a vulnerability minute. Maybe you can tell me yours. Okay. I got a one of my biases is um, bald white men with goatees. Like I don't know. I mean, I I, I have to really challenge myself because the moment I meet one, and that's just based on appearance. Okay, exactly. Right. right, 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 right. So let's go with that. Where does that come from? Conditioning. Yes. Social, you know, social conditioning. Um, maybe an experience of some some sort. When you um, see a bald white man with a goatee or a beard, fat bald white man. Okay, what's the first oh, thing that comes to your mind? Um, white supremacist. That's part of it. Yeah. KKK. Not so much KKK. Like, but look. Who, yeah. But who do you? Who? Yeah. Who is the person that's portrayed? The logo. When people talk about those things. Yeah. And being a person of color, growing up. Right. Growing up. Where did you? That's when you first started hearing that and associating yeah. that image. Well, actually, that image was birthed in the Northwest. 
that image was birthed in the Northwest. I've seen like different kind of people that I got biases that I think are, you know, whatever white supremacists. But for some reason, it was born here in the Northwest. For some reason, when I came out here, I was like, "Whoa, my God, what am I gonna do about this?" You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I meet people all the time. I run a business. I work in the community. And once I meet a person, I, I mean, I still treat them fairly, but I do have that bias. Like this person's on some other shit. You know what I mean? Right. Automatically. Right. So when people say they don't have biases, that they don't see color, I don't want to get into that. But when they say they don't have biases, they're lying. Right. And yes. if you are a leader, like you were saying, who don't know what your bias is, you are uh, catastrophic. Yes. To the you culture. are not doing anybody, including yourself. Or the organization or the people that you are leading any favors. Nope. None whatsoever. Yeah. So it's really, really important to figure out what your biases are. And you know, there's lots of free online tests out uh, there. Are, for what? Oh, yeah. I think I've started one of them. Things too long for me, though, Michelle. Look, be, which one did you do? I don't even remember. It was something. It took me like. Was it, it the was one that a, was showing you pictures? Nah, it was an implicit bias. Um, it's been so long. I stopped doing it. I was like, I'm done with it. I don't know. Oh my gosh. It's this. not coming to my mind, but there is one that's out there and, and I can get you the information if you want it. Um, but there is one out there that it's, it's a, um, it's a company or a university that has done, like they've made this, their, their focus mm-hmm. on, on, that may be the one. Your biases, right? Yeah. And you you can choose any like if you want to know if you have racial biases or gender biases mm-hmm. or you you pick it, they have it on there. I, we any are, bias. I got them all. We all I think right? we all have them all at some point. And what it does is it flashes a photo and you pick it'll tell you, you know, are you you know, does this it, it's based on a feeling that your first mm, feeling, your uh-huh, first thought. Uh-huh. If you're not, if you go into this saying, I don't have any biases, it's you're going to skew the results. Yeah. Right. If you overthink it, you're going to skew, skew the results. Right, right. If you trust yourself to know that you have them uh-huh. and you want to overcome them and change them, then you're going to be very surprised at the results. You should do a training on bias and leadership because what happens with bias is it usually just kind of get thrown like spaghetti, right? Oh, yeah. And it's not specific. I mean, of course, implicit bias is bias, but I do think that leaders need to have a little something different, right? They Cause, do. Because there's, there's, a, there's a management process in there. There's a, a leadership element. That people have to empower people. They have to because yes. you got to think people. If you're a leader, you got biases. I know there are people leaders in leadership position that aren't treating people fairly. No, they're not, and that's what happens, right? They will have their pets on their teams, mm-hmm. right? The people that they treat really, really well. Mm-hmm. They're always recognizing them for all the good stuff mm-hmm. that they do, mm-hmm. and then there's people that they ignore, right? Or that aren't. You know, whatever. That's just your job. Just mm-hmm. go do it. You're doing a great job. Fine. You know, I want. Let's. I want to talk about that a little bit because I think when you look at people's interests, right, a leader, leader's interests. I can't say. I mean, I could talk about my personal self. I just can't say certain things, right? 
on my show, I don't divulge what I do. Right. But um, I think you're spot on with that. Um, me, I think I'm, I'm really easy to get along with. I think I'm charismatic and all that stuff. And I, I do things, right? And I get along with people and I, I'm social. And But I, I do find that there are people who are, for lack of a better term, like unsung in a sense, right? Like me, I naturally do that. I don't even, some people may think that like, oh my God, he's trying to be like their pets. I'm like, nah, this, that's my natural per- place. Sure. In the world. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, my God, I just love him so much. And I'm like, I, I can't help that they love me. I just I, this is who I am. But what I find is that there are people who, for lack of better terms, are unsung. And in my in my own time, I take time to tell like I can't I can't get too much detail. But let's say you got somebody that does something that may not that may be like in a supportive role to you or something like that or, you know, and they may not be recognized. Like the things that they do is important, right? And sometimes the organization don't they don't understand that or they don't recognize it. There are things that people do every day that I'm like, I'd be like, wow. Like if I didn't have this person here today, I probably couldn't do A, B, and C, right? So I tell the people how much I appreciate them. I'm like, Absolutely. yo, like I'm like, and I'm not even in a management or leadership position. I'm just like, yo, like I really appreciate like what you're doing. Like this is important. You know what I mean? One, people want to feel value and I actually mean it because when you give me something or you support me with something, I just don't look at it like, oh, you're just a Michelle, whatever. Just do it. That's your job. You know what I mean? Like, I got to do that. What's going to happen if I'm not here? Right. Or someone that you get here and they can't do this job. Absolutely. Right. So I think that's important. And you're right. You know, there are people who have their quote unquote pets, which some people have told me like, oh, you're just their little pet now. And I'm just like, I think I find a happy balance because if you were in a room behind closed doors, I'd be I'd be ready to tear some ass up. You know what I mean? You got to right. find that balance. It's like, right. OK, yeah, you want to treat me like a pet? Cool. But that don't mean that you're going to say something crazy and try to run all over me. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen. Right. And if your intentions are genuine right. and from your heart, that's on you. Mm-hmm. The person who's saying, oh, you're there, you're just their little pet. That's on them. That's on them. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, they need to slow their roll and look within themselves. Well, that's culture. Yes. That's culture. That is culture. And that, that's what happens in organizations. Yeah. That's that's culture. It's so you know what? It's so shitty. I look at organizational culture and how the breakdown like you would think that we're all grown men, women, females, male, right? <laughs> right. And any other gender, you know. Um, but you would think that we're all grown people and the way that we act with each other in the workplace from the leaders on down is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So the question is, how do you uh, how do you deal with basically how do you nip that in the bud? I got my my ways to do it. But what do you think? How you just nip it in the bud? You just. Well, OK, I'm going to give you my perspective. I was talking to somebody a couple months ago. I said, hey, everything would change. I think the culture would change around here if people were actually being held accountable for the job that they do. That's my start because then people, you got people that you got leaders that may not want to hold people accountable. I got some horror stories, you know? And I thought like, I was like, man, I, sometimes I feel like I'm doing a shitty job. Right. I feel like that. And then I see something, I'm like, 
you still work here you know what i'm saying like stuff like that right so it's like how do you kind of like how do you nip that in the bud it goes back to the leaderships the leadership of your organization being able to hold people accountable and training and equipping the leaders that they hire you yeah. have to train them on how to be a leader. If nobody's training them on how to be, how to be a leader, that's never get that culture's never going to change. Never. It's not. Cuz they're going to be left to their own devices, their own biases, their own traumas, their own past mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're swimming in the dark. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Swimming so in the dark. if they could train and equip their leaders in the leadership positions, how to be good leaders that that organization wants that's where it's going to start but there lies the problem yes they may say maybe the leader that they want is the leader that they have you ever thought about that absolutely you know like 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 someone someone who's going to be like Okay, yeah, you're right. You do whatever you want to do. Someone who's not going to speak up, someone who's not going to have enough courage to, um, you know, bust some ass, as I like to call yeah. it. You know what I mean? Someone who's not going to be vocal about it. You know, I told my wife, I said, I, I, ever since I left the military, I was trying to get away from anything with leadership. And the first job I got out, I was in it, right? But I told my wife, I was like, if I ever go back to any kind of leadership management supervisor position, I need an eight month plan of exit because I already know I'm going to be that turnover for me. I might be out because of I'm not going to deal with all, you know what I mean? Life too short to be dealing with right. all of that. It is, you know yes, what I mean? It is it's too, way, too it is short. way too short. So it's yes. like, you know, if I'm going to be huffing and puffing and I'm going to be speaking up, I'm not, and I'm going to sacrifice some stuff. I'm either going to be ready to get fired or I'm going to have to leave. So I have to build a plan in my head. Like, what am I willing to accomplish while I'm here? Especially if you're seeing a toxic culture. Yep. You know but I mean? if you have an organization that that is the leader that they want, they want the micro leader, they want the dictator leader, they're going to see a high turnover rate there too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's so hard. For me, it was harder being coming into work and being a bitch all day long than it was to come in to support my people. Right, right. To be vulnerable and to be compassionate and to to want to truly help people be successful is easier yeah. than it is having to look over my shoulder and how to dealing with the grievances are going to be on the rise mm-hmm. when you have leaders like that. Mm-hmm. The conflict amongst your team members that you're going to have to referee all the time Mm -hmm. because you're not going to know how to have that difficult conversation Mm -hmm. and look at them and say, well, what have you done to solve this problem before I step in? Mm -hmm. That's easier. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think overall, I think, you know, people, employees look to leaders to fix everything. They do. And I don't agree with that. 100%. 100%. I don't subscribe to that 100%. You know, I look at things from a, you know, I say, okay, so you expect me to do this magic trick for you when y'all are the ones that's being assholes to each other. 
there's got to be some accountability with that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know where I found that the most is in a union environment, Mm. Mm -hmm. right? When you are in a union environment and you and your culture turns into us versus them. Yeah. And you have the support of the union who pushes grievances just to get back at them or to get them or to catch them Mm -hmm. or to put them in their place, Mm -hmm. the leaders, Mm -hmm. right? That it's that it's so toxic. It is so toxic. You know, I, there was one person, I don't know if I can say their name, but there was one person who I absolutely loved working with and they were a union rep, right? Mm -hmm. I loved working with them because as a as a supervisor I could go to them and close the door and say look I got this employee your team Mm -hmm. this is what I'm struggling with this is what I want to do and as a union rep they looked at me and said either I wouldn't do that Mm-hmm. Because a union contract says this. Mm-hmm. And so the definition or, you know, the interpretation of that is this. You might want to do this instead. Mm-hmm. Or they would say, you're absolutely right. Let me go talk to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But the conversation I could have with them was very candid. Right, right. And nothing that I said was held against me. Mm-hmm. When they stopped being available to me mm-hmm. or no longer in the union mm-hmm. and other people came along I assumed which was my fault can't do that can't no, do no, that no, no. we all nope. know what that means yep. right yep. that I could have those types of conversations with other shop stewards mm-hmm. and I couldn't yeah. because the things that I would say they would be to my face oh yeah 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 no, this is good, or this is what I would mm-hmm. recommend. And then the next thing you know, mm. they leave my office, mm. or I leave their office, and I come back to an email for a formal grievance of something that I said just in conversation with mm. them on how to work with this one person, right? So that's that mentality of, okay, we're gonna play nice until I can, till you say something I can use against you. Mm-hmm. Then, 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 then there's no trust. Definitely not no trust. From top down. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that. It's so. It's so hard. You we know, should just union, do a. The union contract is there to make sure that people are held accountable to the same standards. Interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Grievances. I don't mind grievances. Mm-hmm. Grievances are there. In a, as a leader in a leadership position, they are there to tell me whether what I'm doing is correct or not. Right. I want to know that. Mm-hmm. Someone at the table is going to know who needs to, to correct the issue. Right. Either the employee who filed the grievance or me as the leader. If I'm not doing something correctly, I need to know that. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what the grievance process is for. Right. Not to hang people out to dry. <sighs> well, that's culture. That is culture. That's culture. I don't have time for that. Like, no. I think it, it sucks that, I don't know, we, we can have a... 
we can talk about that all day. I just feel like that kind of culture just makes me want to throw up. It's so nasty. You it's, know what I mean? It's horrible. It people. That's when you start to hit your alarm, your snooze like five times before, in the you know, you in the morning, go to work. right? When you're going to work yeah. instead of the alarm goes off, you're excited to go to work. My day's mm-hmm. going to get started. I've got all these things going in a toxic environment. That's when you start to hit that snooze button five times and you're going to stop off at the coffee shop, you know, and hang out and you're, mm-hmm. you're like procrastinating right, getting right. through that door. To work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then, you know, there's something wrong. Yep. Or it's time for you to go. Or it's time to go. Or it's time to go. What? There's nothing that should hold you there. Well, there. Well, there are some things that hold people at jobs, but there are. But um, and I'm not saying that people should quit before they have something else lined up. I but do. It might I be, do. I support that 100. <laughs> percent It may. It may be that it's time that you look someplace yeah. else. At least do that for your own growth yeah yeah for your own sanity mm-hmm. for your own health physical and mental, and spiritual right? health yes. all that stuff yeah yeah 100 you know we and we're kind of talking about we're still talking about leadership y'all but we're going right. into another thing <laughs> um i think that you know we could tie this into leadership because like there are some people who are natural i guess you could say natural leaders in life right mm-hmm but leadership does need to apply to a person on a personal level because you have to lead your life. You have to be a leader of yourself, right? And if you're not identifying all these landmines, right? And you, you know, it's almost like you see a box of landmines and you just get inside the box every single time, then something is going a little bit wrong for right. me, right? You gotta yeah. be like, damn, yeah. why, yeah. why stuff yeah. keep blowing up on me? Why are things keep blowing up my face? Like, don't I gotta do something else, you know? I'll tell you a quick story. I was in the military for 14 years and this taught me probably some of the best lessons of my life. I was, I'm young, you know, and I got out of the military after 14 years because the last two years of the business was, I said, I'm not feeling this. Right. And an opportunity came for me to get out. When I got out, I realized never stay somewhere where you're not happy. Right. And the reason why is because I spent 14 years. All I needed was, I've been retiring last month. Right. Or, yeah, I would have retired last month, month before last. I would have, you know, started a whole nother career. But I wasn't happy there. And it taught me a lesson. It says, damn, you only had six years. You could have a retirement check. You could add this or that. And I was like, but I left it behind. So now for me, it's nothing. If I get to the point where I get that itch and I'm like, I'm not happy here, I'm leaving, even if I don't have a job. And I've done that twice. Right. And people are like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, I don't have a kid or dogs and all that stuff. Right, right, right. But I know kind of like what we talked about earlier life is just too short it is so short it's so, it truly is it's it too truly short is. but my thing is is that if you discover that you are no longer happy gotta go then you need to figure out one of two things how can i make it happy again yep or get out or get out if that happiness is attached to something else that is beyond your control you gotta go. You gotta go because you can't change it. Man, that just that just triggered that just triggered my PTSD. I'm thinking about my <laughs> my my ex my ex wife when she sat on the toilet that one night and said, "I'm not happy." And I'm then I knew happy. it was then I knew it I knew it was over. That that was yeah. the day. 
So she was ready to get up on out of there when she told yep. me that. She said, yep. I'm not happy. It's just like a marriage, you know, like you ain't bound to that for the rest of your life. Right. There's the ways you can get out, you know. Right. And like you say, either you'll make it work or you got to get out. Right. But either figure out. But see, to me, that's a little different, too, though, Alex. You can say, I can make it work. That means to me, you're going to settle mm-hmm. to continue going in the direction that you're going and not be happy. Being okay with not being happy. Because there's a lot of people who are complaining about leadership and would never go even try to be a leader. Right. Right. They would never and how do can, it. Right. And the people who complain the loudest will always turn around and say, I'm never going to do that job. Right. Well, then how how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? You make come in and make a, a exceptional change or something. Right. Possibly. But you're probably just going to be a little troll. But you need to, you need to, I think we as people, not you personally, but we need to really discover if we're not happy, how can I make it happy? And if I can't make it happy, then it's, it, yeah, it's you got to go. go. It's time for me to go. And that's leaders and, and or Anybody. employees, right? Yes. But what do you do? Okay, here's a, here's a, this situation is possible. As a leader, how do you, um, I don't want to use the word empower, but whatever. How do you get a person to a point, you might have an employee that says, you know what? I'm just not happy here anymore. This happens all the time. I'm not happy here anymore. Da, da, da. How do you empower a person like that? What would make you happy? Uh, Asking that simple question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? What would make you happy? And then if they say, not working here. Mm-hmm. Be, it's not a reflection. Yeah. It may not even be a reflection of you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't take it personal. Right, right. How right. can I help you get where you want to go? Yeah. Because I've also had employees who were so anti-management, mm-hmm. anti-supervisor, anti-manager, mm-hmm. that they would just be ugly and nasty all the time to other people, to me. And so sitting them down and having that difficult conversation of, this is what I'm witnessing. hmm it is clear to me that you are not happy here. Mm-hmm. What would make you happy? And their response to me was, well, I, um, I'm i thinking I'm just going to go back over to this other organization. Bye. Like, like, but a lot of leaders would figure out how to beg them to stay. That's not, now that's not good leadership. It is not. That, we, you got to talk about that. What I said was let me help you get there yeah that's a better way to look at it let me help you get there that's a better way to look at it i like right? that approach yeah because 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 telling people like trying to why would you want what if this person is super disgruntled but at the same time here's the flip side they may be wanting you to to say that to keep to try to convince them Right. Because it makes them feel appreciated or whatever, Absolutely. right? That may be the case. But, but if I say, let me help you get there, because what I want for the people who work for me, whether they're working for me or they leave, is to be happy. Yeah. Happiness is huge. I want them to be happy in their job. And if you aren't happy working here, I want you to be in a place where you are. So how can I help you get there? And some people don't want to hear that. Nope. <clears throat> you know, they just want to complain. Right. That's really all but they want to do. But it stops them. I mean, what what else do they have to complain about? They're going to complain that I want to help them? Right. 
Yeah. And I and the thing is, you have managers or leaders in management positions or leadership positions that say the same things, right? Like I'm just checking the box. No, no, we want you to stay. We want you, you know. Mm-hmm. But if it comes from the heart, I always treated all my teams like a family. And I would tell them every time they moved me, because I got moved a lot. Mm -hmm. Anytime there was a a team that was a mess, they moved me (laughs) to to the mess, which is fine. Yeah. But I would always tell them, I run my teams like a family. And you guys are going to fight like siblings. You're going to make up like siblings. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. We are here in a position that is could jeopardize our safety yeah. if we're disgruntled with yeah. one another. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Right? Yep. And that includes if you're mad at me mm-hmm. as the leader. Right. But I don't see, you know, it goes back to that crucial, uh, to the conversational piece, like, man, these, these what is it, uncomfortable conversations? I, it baffles me that people can't have the conversations. Like, the emotions like shut people off so bad yeah. and then some people aren't skilled or have the temperament to do it you know what i mean i've heard some horror stories when having a conversation goes wrong right yeah it's, oh i've been in those yeah, horror yeah, yeah. stories it's, right i've had i've had uh i had a supervisor punch a hole in the wall because yeah see not that right they were disrespect being disrespectful and i shared that they were disrespectful with me and they punched a hole in the wall that's cray cray whoa that that's a, not that is a little too much for me. That is too much because for me, I think if a person is capable of punching a hole through the wall, they're capable of a lot of other stuff. Yes, you know what I mean. But, but in the organization, they allowed that person to continue working there. To me, hmm. they got to go because it wasn't the first time. That you definitely oh jeez, you definitely got to go. They got to go. You know, I think you cannot have leaders like that. You can't do that. You can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. But time, you know, like I said, the 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 environments and the culture is changing. People are what I call power tripping. They are retaliatory. Is that a right word? We'll, we'll make it one. retaliatory. <laughs> they, there's a lot of retaliation in the yes, workplace. Absolutely. From absolutely. leaders on down. From up, down, down, up. Yeah, absolutely. And laterally. So I think that's a big thing that's happening that's causing problems like for me i like i shouldn't say this on the air but i've said it before i like to fight i'll fight but i'm i'm pretty you know i can keep my temper i'm like a quiet warrior so to speak but in the workplace i could tell you i had an instance where i thought that i was going to physically hurt a coworker because of something extremely um what's the word unethical sure that they were doing it was bad and this person didn't even care they didn't nobody stood up to this guy nobody did anything with it and they just i'm just like you're just gonna let him do that you know what i mean and i'm like well i'm ready to fight him because it was that egregious right but you didn't no i didn't right you know i got some poise about me but you know i didn't for all the wrong the right reasons that person would have thought oh he's just a crazy angry black dude anyway yeah i mean he wanted (laughs) that reaction a true leader yeah and i will thank you um but i think leadership is a um god we could go on this forever you know we've been we've been going almost an hour and a half 
And uh, this is a passionate topic for me. Yeah, so, super. Pa- we should, yeah. you know, what we should have did is, I think when we come back to this, if, if this is just an invitation, maybe you should come back on the show as like as part of the leadership series, right? Like you be yeah. my the leadership person, and then this time we kind of flesh out some things that um, that maybe. I mean, we've talked about a lot of things with leadership, but then kind of flesh out some things that are maybe a little more specific have a show about it but i do have a um um what do you want to call it kind of like a, a opinionated question here okay uh are leaders uh born or made what's your what's your what's your take on that my my answer to that is yes you gonna make me chuckle <laughs> my water <laughs> so just- look we all you know we talked a little bit about a leader being, you know, vulnerable and compassionate and uh, all these characteristics mm-hmm. of a leader. And certain personality types don't fit into leadership. True. And that all comes down to how we were raised. Mm. Right? The environment as we grow... Because it's just how our brain works. This is another passion of mine. The brain is an amazing, amazing organ in our body. And a lot of people really don't understand it. But our hippocampus is where our biases are stored. And our brains... <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Look, I got laughing to you. What? You said hippocampus, and I'm thinking about like... I thought you were talking about HIPAA, like the health campus as in like no okay in your brain right? all right got you it's like a little rolodex and all of your traumas and things that you learned from your parents and the kids on the playground and as you grow older all of these things get stored there in this little rolodex because your brain's sole purpose its sole duty is to protect you. But it's prehistoric. Mm. Our brain is mm-hmm. not is not designed for 2021. It is still back in like right, the caveman right. days, right? Yeah, it's but I think it's the very bra- prehistoric. It's, but it's still pretty advanced. Oh my gosh. It's, it's pretty it, amazing. It, it totally it's an amazing right? amazing thing. And but because our brains do that, that's what forms who we are mm-hmm. as a human being, as a leader in our lives, whether it be in a leadership position or just being a leader mm-hmm. in the community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's what we've learned over time. We yeah. are born blank slates. This is we true. Are a blank slate. This is true. Hundred percent blank. We start to learn how to communicate by whoever's in front of us teaching how to say "mama" and "dada," and the parents saying they're going to say "mama" first or mm-hmm. "dada," <laughs> right. you know, first. Right, or right, right. Um, and usually it's "dada" only because it's easier for the baby to say "dada" than it is right. for them to say "ms." Right. But you know, all of those things—that's when you start to develop. That's your characteristics come from that, from your biases, from Mm -hmm. your traumas, from your culture, Mm -hmm. from your families, Yeah, whoever that may be, whether it be the family that you chose 
or the family that chose you, mm-hmm. right? It's that's that's where your leadership tools come from, or your ability to <coughs> to make a decision as a leader. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Which is, uh, I think you know, I'm gonna write that one down because if you're up to it, decision making. I want to I want to have a good conversation about that indecisiveness decisiveness um I hope you ain't got allergies to me because you're coughing right now I know I could be a because I get so passionate I keep talking without you know yeah I got you okay I think decision making is uh, we're gonna table that one because um I mean we kind of talked about a little bit today but I definitely want to table that one um but you're right you know I think we are I guess I think you I got a different view, a slightly different view on it, but essentially leaders are made because, you know, when you're born, you got a clean slate, you, you know, you're um, conditioned by whatever environment you are, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have my dad in the house all the time. I think my dad is a great leader. Um, I ain't gonna say nothing bad about him cause he might be listening for real. Uh, but he, he was a great leader. Um, and I think, I think that's where I kind of adopted my qualities from even though I feel like it was already meant for me to be this way you know what I mean yeah that's how I feel about it but right I know I learned it, a lot from it, it kind of formed and developed on who you are as a person mm-hmm. right because if you look at it to me this might be offensive to some people let it go this is All so right. dope show I don't Hitler was a great leader. Yes, he was an awesome leader. Uh, Did we talk about this before? Did we? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh wait, we might have. Because I say this all the time on my show. It it he was a great leader. Yeah, he got people to follow him. Easily, he got people to do things that were so inhumane Mm -hmm. and hideous and against the social norm. Right. Because they wanted to follow him. Yep. And that and people, I, I I people don't understand. It's like you want to be a good leader, go study Hitler. They're like, what? I'm like, yes, right. go study Hitler. Look at what the tactics, how he talked. You know, like he was. I mean, of course, shitty man, right? In oh, history, horrible. But if you look at what how he got people to follow him, he was a leader. I mean, you can't explain it as nothing else, right? right. He was right. a leader, and I think people need to evaluate that. Um, that's a good point. That's a good. I, I don't know if we talked about that or not, but I, I've mentioned. Oh, look at that! My um, what do you call it? Uh, the, the 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 music came on. But anyways, the um, <laughs> Our time's up. It Our was like up. is the, what's that? The Grammys or whatever? <laughs> when they put the little thing on, they right. take or the music, uh, movie. Uh, what's that thing? Oscars. They like get off the stage. Mm-hmm. But um, you're you're right about that. Um, that's 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 important. That people should study even some of the worst people in the world. Absolutely. You know, when you look at like a Jim Jones or something like that, Hitler, all the bad people, Mussolini, everybody, right? You look at like, well, what did they, how the hell y'all get? Okay, so now we're going to use someone and, and we wrap up here in a few minutes. We're going to, it's interesting you say that, right? Here's the thing. I'm going to use, they said, I'm going to use someone who I think, based on what we just said, is a good leader. And it's going to piss people off. Donald Trump is a good leader. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And people, and people say, what are you talking? I'm like. No, he was just a shitty president. Yeah. But he is a good he's leader. He's a good leader. 
he I mean, even in the presidency, I mean, hell, he got people to damn jump inside the Capitol and do all kind of crazy right. stuff. Right. But people follow. Now, here's the thing. Before Donald Trump became president, I used to watch um, like The Apprentice. It was my favorite show. I used to love that show. And you can see that, of course, he had some leadership qualities. He got people to move in the room. He made he got things done. Yeah. Right. Like that was his style. He just got things done. And I don't know him personally, but there's going to be a lot of people that says Donald Trump was not a good leader. I'm like, well, what do you what is a leader? You can be a good lead. Like, here's a good example. You can be a good leader as a mom, but still be a shitty mom. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, okay. look, he allowed it to be okay to hate. Mm. Mm. He allowed it to be okay to riot. To destroy businesses, to take peop- money from p- food from people's tables, he allowed we that to be okay. Now. I know, but he allowed he allowed that so as a leader, mm-hmm. right? If we're just talking leadership, it's the same as Hitler. It is the it's same. It's the exact same. I think. Well, and then there's another side of that too, where. People do, I don't know. That one's a little deep. We're going to have to like it's table deep. that one. That one's and super, we super We didn't want to get political. I, I didn't want to get political. I'm not, and one. I'm not saying, you know. I mean, yeah. I get, if you know my show, I get real political. But I was trying <laughs> to like, you know, table topic for another sure. topic yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Donald Trump was a good leader. But anyways, um, you know, I'm glad you came to the show. I'm um, glad you invited me. I mean, we've been talking for an hour and 37 minutes. Usually when a guest is on, those are usually the longest um the longest shows and um, you know I always just like to have a conversation right Right. and those are usually pretty easy for me um, I can't say you're like, you like so what's your name um, <laughs> Michelle is it's my name Michelle. yeah you know what's my last name again um, yeah um, but you can have a conversation and that's what I like about this um, there's no pressure so I really appreciate it um, and I hope that you are gonna come back to the show at some point I would point. love to come back I would love for you to come back to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like I said, I started a leadership series months ago, and Courage was the first one. I have no idea what I'm going to name this one. Maybe I'm going to name it Donald Trump is a good leader. (laughs) Oh, maybe. That's super clickbait. People are going to click on that. Right, right. And then they're going to get pissed off, and they're like, "Man, I even talk about Donald." You know, they want drama and all that shit. Leaders can stank. Right. Isn't that what we said? Actually, yeah. That might that might be (laughs) that might be a good title. So between now and probably tomorrow, we'll see what I'm going to name it. Um, but it's been a real good pleasure talking to you. It's always good talking to you. Um, pleasure being here. I hope that you can come back to the show at some point, and um, we can talk about leadership a lot more, kind of flesh things out. Um, but before we leave today, I kind of want you to tell the people across the world and in the United States uh, where they can find you if they want to contact you, like your services or classes or anything that you want to tell these people about you and Gemini Transitions, because I'm telling you, I got, uh, what, 41 states, 30 different countries, and that doesn't include the cities that people are in. So people are listening. Right, right, right. Okay, look, I am, uh, you can find me on Facebook, either under my name, Michelle Talmadge, or my business page of Gemini Transitions. Instagram, Gemini Transitions. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm Michelle Talmadge and LinkedIn. You can email me at any time, michelle.a.talmadge at gmail.com. 
email me, reach out, message me. Cool. In all those places, I would be happy, happy, happy to have conversations. Um, I have coaching packages, again, like I said, with personal and or leadership growth and development. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have an organization that is interested in helping your employees or your leaders in your organization overcome their biases, would love, love, love to do a training and help them um, with that progress. This comes with an invoice, folks, so don't come in here with your hands out. We don't do that. We support... (laughs) We support local businesses, private businesses, entrepreneurs. We don't we don't do that on this show. Um, well, well, cool. Um, I'm gonna put when I do the the uh, what do you call it when I do the text for the show, like yeah. when I write it up, I'll yeah. put your information in there as Perfect. well. Uh, so that way, once people hear this part of the show, they're like, okay, what is it again? Then they can go and they can look at the actual show. Perfect. Um, the Perfect. description of the show and it'll be in there. So cool. Anything else you want to say to the people before we get out of here today? It's been a pleasure. We've been talking for this. This is a good one. I like this. No, I love, I love, this is a passion. It fills my cup as you can tell yeah, by you telling absolutely. me stop talking with your hands so much. Yeah. On the table. If you, heard, if y'all heard, <laughs> if y'all heard this the whole time, I'm t- <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I that get to talk Michelle. so much it makes me cough. I pound yeah, on the table. My Italianness comes out. She got a lot going um, on in here. I love this. I love, love, love using my experience of falling yeah. on my face and making mistakes and just helping people grow. It just totally fills my cup. So I'm glad that you had me on. Awesome. And I'm I glad you're here. To coming back and talking about. Well, when you get your when you get your podcast, right? You need to bring me on the show. I would absolutely. I'm coming to talk plenty okay. of shit. Okay. Yeah. But I don't want to talk about leadership on your show. Let's no, talk about we'll, talk, we'll find something else. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Michelle, for being here. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, for all of y'all that are listening, please go back, uh, like, subscribe, listen to the show. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Uh, I think we're up. I don't even know if we're on like episode 80 something right now. Um, I will be posting this on Instagram and other platforms, but you can go listen to this on, um, what is that thing called? I, the apple podcast spotify google play all these things are there uh thank you listeners for listening um please share uh some of this work that we're doing and if you like the conversation um please leave a review on any of those platforms and by all means please share please share please share uh i want to thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of the so dope podcast peace